Good afternoon, everybody. This is Podcast Unstoppable Leadership with our guest, Adrienne McKeon. And she is also a doctor with a PhD in theater, which is freaking amazing, if you ask me. Because I'm telling you what, I couldn't act to save my life. And... (laughs) And I would probably be the one that they would be scraping off the stage because I would be falling off of it more than not. And that's well, what I was thinking about when I was graduating, walking down those steps. And I was mm-hmm. going, I'm going to fall off of this thing. <laughs> well, it's a good thing because, you know, if everyone wanted to be an actor, uh, we would have a very crowded <laughs> show business. In fact, we do have way too many people who want to be actors already. So it's a really good thing that not everybody wants to do that with their lives. Yeah, I was just say I would so not fit in, but I think it's a really good thing. And I'm glad people that are capable of doing that that can do it. Because especially in this day and time, we need some laughs. And uh, there's people out there that are very good at doing it. And I'm just not one of them. Yeah, (laughs) I think a belly laugh a day keeps the doctor away, you know, and I really believe that. I think the more you laugh, the better your life gets in all the ways. Very much so. Yeah. So I really want to talk about a little bit... Um, about a couple of topics, actually, because you do branding. And I think branding is a thing. People hear it and they're all like, they think about the apples and the Toyotas and the Walmarts and all of those things. They think about those big brands. And I think Mm -hmm. for some of us, when we're either branding ourselves, either in our business or either in our career or professionally or personally. And I think a lot of people think that they have to be something that they don't have to be. So let's dive into that a little bit because it's a really interesting topic for me because I know when we were discussing in the green room a little bit, um, I think we can both agree, we don't fit into certain things. And (laughs) I am one of them. And for me, a lot of people are going like, but you're doing a leadership show and you need to be professional. I, I look, look, come on, people. Oh, that no. word, professional. Yeah. What does Not, that even mean, people? Exactly. What does that mean? I mean, now, now you see CEOs wearing t-shirts and jeans. Mm-hmm. So let's dive into that a little bit. What is your thoughts on branding and what do you see that people maybe not fail or fail at it, but not really work on it so good that they can actually improve? Absolutely. One of the biggest mistakes that I see people make is that they think their their professional brand is supposed to be something different than their personal brand. They think there's supposed to be a separation where it's like, here's my personal persona and here's my business persona. That is 100% wrong. Your brand is you, baby. It is you. And that is what makes it unique. And that's why it's really cool that you have it because nobody else has it. <laughs> so when you think about a brand, you know, you think about, oh, the logo and the, you know, the wording and all that. That's not what a brand is. Uh, what a brand is, is the promise that you make and the gift that you bring to the world. And so your personal promise is actually your professional promise. And your personal gifts are your professional gifts. And so if you're creating a product, 
you're creating a product because you're passionate about solving a problem that only you can solve. Now, if that's not what your business is, babe, I'm sorry, you don't have to start over again at zero because that is not going to work for you ever, ever. Because the bottom line is that if you are bringing something to the world that somebody else could bring, they probably will bring it and they might bring it better. Yeah. So, so you need to figure out what it is that you bring to the world that is unique to you. Because if you're not bringing it, then nobody else is and the world don't have it. Yeah. Yeah. So what I try to do is help people get in touch with their personal and professional brand. I help them find that authentic core story of who am I? What am I doing here? Why should people care? <laughs> and I help you, I help, yeah, I help you just define that, clarify that, and tell that story to the world because people love stories. And that's yeah. what resonates with people. That's what people recognize as, oh, yes, I get it. You know, I understand this because I, too, have had an experience like that. Now, you haven't had that exact experience unless maybe you have crazy wild, right? That happens sometimes. But for the most part, it's just we have these universal experiences. We have these universal emotions. And everybody has experienced something like your story. We have all felt humiliated. We have all felt embarrassed. We have all made mistakes. We have all learned from those mistakes, Mm -hmm. hopefully. (laughs) Some take a couple of times. (laughs) Some of us take more like five. In fact, I think five is like the magic number. You have to like learn the same lesson about five times before it really sticks. (laughs) And I always say, you know, it's like, you know, you have this mask, right? But you pull that mask off and guess what? There's like seven underneath of there. Right. So you think you're like, oh, I've finally gotten to like me. You know, I stripped off this part of me that like that uh, I was doing stuff that I really am not good at. And I was trying to be this person that other people wanted me to be. So I've stripped that off and now I'm me. But guess what? There's another layer underneath of that one that's even more authentic. And as you go down, you find more and more of the true you. And guess what? You're developing more and more of that true you just by getting in touch with what you value and what's important to you and doing more of it and then realizing, wow, I want to do more of this and less of that. (laughs) And that's, and that's was, yes, it is. And that's what's so amazing. So for some, some of my listeners know some of my process and some of the things I went through, but some of you don't. Mm -hmm. So when I started out, um, not only did I really think that I would never get into leadership or leadership roles, mm-hmm. I grew up in a small textile town. So I thought that that's what I would do. Yeah. And then, you know, I had my boys and then I went to work in fast food for a little bit and then went to work in retail and retail is where I really exploded my leadership skills. And I didn't really think about it when I started thinking about going in business for myself. I was going like, oh, I'm going to do um, MLM, which was Young Living, which is essential oils, which I absolutely still love their oils. Mm-hmm. 
I'm just not that type of person. Yeah. But it took me uh, digging and really finding out and then really starting sharing my story. And I went to a thing called Amplified Women's and I started sharing some of my personal story. And they're going like, hello, you really need to get your story out there. And I was like, OK, I'll put that on the back burner. And then I was going <laughs> to like, well, I'll think about it. And then I started, okay, and I'm thinking about a little bit more, and then I would just push it off, and I was going like, well, I'm going to go do this, because I'm a person, if I see something shiny, I'm going to go do that. And then it took my last mentor, that is still my mentor, and he was listening to my story, and he was going like, so you spoke in front of 600 students, you got them to stand up and yell unstoppable. A group of teenagers, mind you, 600 teenagers standing mm -hmm. up. I got them to do that three times. And then I was talking about moving people along in my work that I would get them promoted fairly quickly. That's actually unheard of. And he's going to like, hello, unstoppable leadership. And I was like, huh? He's going to be like, you are so good at this, but you don't see it Yeah, because you, you do it naturally. Right. And I think when we talk about digging deep and finding it is really when you're talking about finding the core, you're talking about finding the core of your inner child. Yeah. What made you happy? What made mm -hmm. you giggle? Mm -hmm. And those are the things that as we grow into adults, we put to the side because we get told it's not professional. That's right. You can't do this. Yes. And can I just jump onto that for a minute? Yeah. That that idea of, you know, oh, you shouldn't play. That's nonsense. You have to play. You have to find what brings you joy. You have to find what brings you delight. Because guess what? That's what's going to help you help other people find their joy and find their delight and find all the things that they're looking for in their lives. Right? Yes. It's like magnetism. You know, when you have something, other people like come towards it. Right? Yeah. And the more you recognize what you already have and have gratitude around those things, the more they become amplified, yes. you know? And it's like you were saying that you, you take for granted your own gifts because they come naturally to you. So you don't even yeah. think about it. It's like yeah. breathing to you. Yeah. But other people, meanwhile, are looking at that and going, wow, I wish I could do that, you know? Yeah. And so... It, it, we we convince ourselves that it's not work unless it feels difficult and frustrating or challenging in some way. Now, challenge is good, you know, but at the same time, just recognize that everything you want is on the other side of your fear. Yeah. So it's when you get a little bit, you you know, you you have an experience and it's like you get a little bit scared. You're like, oh, that was exciting, but also kind of scary. And I don't, <laughs> or like an opportunity comes up and you're like, Ooh, I don't know if I'm ready for that. That sounds a little bit scary. That is what you need to go for next. Yeah. Whatever that is. Cause everything you want is just on the other side of your fear. And that's what I said when I found myself talking in front of this many students, because this was my first speaking gig mm -hmm. ever. Mm -hmm. And I'm going like, <laughs> I've done this in front of 600 students. And I'm going like, what did I just get myself into? But I did it anyway, because I was going like, you'll never know until you do it, until you know that you are 
capable of doing it. And it felt so good. I want to do more of that. Mm -hmm. I want to speak on more stages. And unfortunately, my life had to take a little bit of another detour, but I'm getting back. And that's Mm -hmm. the thing that I want people to understand when you talk about branding yourself. Don't be concerned if your life is like a winding road, because trust me, ladies and gentlemen, it is not straight and never will be. Nope. Trust me on that. I want you to look at like anyone that you look up to. Okay. Just look at that person and know for a hundred percent, like with a hundred percent certainty, that person did not go straight to where they're at. Yeah. That person took a very winding road and they had a lot of help to get them there. Yeah. Okay. Everybody needs help. Everybody needs coaches. Everybody needs advisors. Everybody needs support. And everybody takes a winding path (laughs) to get where they're going. If you look at nature, nature doesn't grow in straight lines. Nature goes, twists back on itself and goes like all over the place. You know, we're all trying to get up to the, toward the sun, but we all have a different path to get there because different obstacles come into your path. And that's exactly what's supposed to happen. Now we don't know why things happen the way they happen. We just know that they do. And so (laughs) you just, you just go with the flow. Very much so. And it took me a good long time to figure out to go with the flow because, you know, (laughs) being in retail, running a $114 million store, Mm -hmm. that was stressful. I'm not going to lie. (laughs) And it was hard to go with the flow because you went with the flow. You you weren't going to be in business for too long. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. And I learned, though, that I finally had to let go because I learned that sometimes that the universe or the higher power, however you want to say it, was telling me you have something for you and you just got to take that leap and that leap of faith and that trust, just like you were telling me about your PhD and taking that journey. Yeah. So how in the world did you get from there to doing (laughs) what you do now? Well, as you suspected, it is a windy road. (laughs) So as I told you before we got on here, you know, I thought that I was going to be an academic and I just had that in my mind that I was going to be a professor because I love teaching, you know, and I love helping people kind of learn things and understand the world better. And I love learning. And I thought, you know, I'm going to be a lifelong learner and I'm going to help other people uh, learn lifelong as well. Well, that's true, but that's not, I didn't, it didn't end up doing that in academia, mostly because academia has a very structured box of what is acceptable professional behavior. <laughs> and I just, I'm, I'm, I'm me, you know, and I'm always going to be me. So I, when I realized that I was not going to be an academic, what I actually started to do was to go back to my roots of like, oh, I always loved performance. And so I went back to performance for a while, but I quickly realized that I wasn't going to be able to make enough money at it to survive. So I needed some kind of, you know, day job, essentially. And so I got a bunch of different day jobs. (laughs) I mean, a bunch of different day jobs. And I enjoyed every one of them in some ways and hated every one of them in other ways. You know, like any day job anywhere, right? Oh, yeah. And I and I got pretty far into a career as an executive assistant. 
And I, what I loved about that job was the coaching aspect of it, was the advisor aspect of it, that I had this person who was in charge of an entire company, who's the CEO, right, who I had their ear and they would bounce ideas off of me and I would help them stay focused on what was important and help them see the bigger picture and motivate them and inspire them. And like that part of it, I loved. But unfortunately, that is not what I was paid for. <laughs> <laughs> what I was paid for was to keep track of their calendar and their travel arrangements and all these little details that are just not my strong suit at all. And I just had to be honest with myself at a certain point, you know, that like this just isn't working. <laughs> and so there was this kind of moment, you know, I think we all have that sort of rock bottom moment where, where we're like, okay, you know, you, you tolerate things, you tolerate things, you tolerate things as long as they're tolerable. The moment they become intolerable. You're like, it's got to change yeah. and it's got to change right now. So what happened was I ended up in the back stairwell crying my little eyes out because I had screwed up, you know, this email. I'd sent it to an entire list instead of to one person, <sighs> first of all. And the way that I had phrased something really rubbed them the wrong way. And guess what? The CEO of the entire company saw this email. And so I was fired. <laughs> I mean, like long story short. That was, the, that was the end of that. And I understood that because yeah. branding is really important. And it was her brand that was on the line. And I had used some language that just wasn't, didn't fit with her brand. Yeah. And normally, like branding's my jam. You know what I mean? Like I would have caught that in a heartbeat. I'm really good with words. That's my whole thing. And I would have caught that, except that I was so overwhelmed with all this busy work that I just didn't care about at all. And that was really, you know, just very energy expensive for me. Whereas for somebody else, it would have been a breeze to keep track of all those details. There are people who are just detail oriented and that stuff just sticks in their mind. They can pull up phone numbers and names and things like that at the drop of a hat. That's not me. And I realized by staying in this position, I was taking a job away from someone who's, who's great at that stuff. And who would really thrive in that position. And so it was this kind of awakening for me of realizing, wow, I really need to stop doing stuff I suck at and you know, find a way to make money doing the stuff that I'm actually really good at and have a gift for. And so that's when I decided, you know, okay, so I'm really good at the words you know, part of this. I'm really good at the communication part of this. How can I translate that into something that actually is like valuable enough to people that they will pay me for it? And so what I started doing was content writing at first. And so I was just taking people's brands and sort of, you know, looking at it and going, oh, okay, well, this is their brand voice and I understand what they're, you know, trying to do here. So I was just creating content that would resonate with their audience. Pretty simple stuff. But then over time, I started realizing over and over again, I was seeing the same kind of branding mistakes that these people were making, that they didn't understand who they were and what their brand was. And they were asking me to do stuff that just didn't make any sense for them. <laughs> and so I just started giving them advice and saying, hey, actually, I think the audience that you're going for is this because you're really like this and you will really resonate with people who think like this. And so I think probably your target audience is actually these people over here. Oh, well, really? I mean, 
will those people pay for this? Like, yeah, they will when they realize that like your story really resonates with them and they can trust you and they like you and they, you know, <laughs> want to learn more about you. And so it was just taking these entrepreneurs on this little journey of finding themselves that made me go, oh, oh, okay. What I'm actually really good at is like listening to them and figuring out what their brand is and telling them what their brand voice is and then helping them to create, you know, their about us to create their, you know, that story that really sucks people in their homepage copy, you know, the, the thing that you see first and all that stuff. And so that's what I got into over time. And then I started to realize, wait, I can actually help people tell their stories in a lot of different ways. So then I started helping writers to tell their stories. And I started helping, uh, you know, people I knew who were just sort of stuck in their lives because there was this story that they weren't telling. Yeah that was just taking up all of this room in their heads. And it was like, they everything they did, they, they just traveled around this central point in their minds where they felt like, okay, I can't talk about this. And I started helping them talk about it. And I created my podcast that's allowed to just help people tell their story that they weren't telling. And it was amazing how that just opened kind of everything up for me. I finally published my own book, my own autobiography that I had been working on for 20 years, 20 years. And I had had it on the, like you said, on the back burner, <laughs> just sitting on this shelf over here going, Oh, I'll get to that later. And I finally said, when, if not now, when? Yep. And I realized you're right. I'm helping all these other people tell their story. I need to drink my own medicine. <laughs> Yep. Take my own damn advice and get that story out there. And there were a lot of scary reasons, you know, a lot of reasons it was scary for me yeah. to tell that story. Um, it's it's a very, you know, personal story. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'll, I'll just give you the, I don't want to give you too many spoilers, but I will say that uh, it's about surviving an abusive relationship. And there is a moment in there where I almost die. And so it's really hard to revisit that, you know, just emotionally, it's hard to inhabit that. But at the same time, when it was done, it was like this. It just it was like it evaporated off of me. Yeah. And I could just let it be a story now, not something that happened to me, but something that happened for me. Yeah. So that I could then share it with other people and help them out of situations that they're stuck in yeah. and give them hope that they can get out of a bad situation and that they can become the kind of person who doesn't get stuck in these patterns <laughs> over and over again yeah. and can find love and can find all of these things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's amazing that you... And bring about your story because that's one of the things that I struggle with mm -hmm. because there is so many different layers to my story yeah. and and as everybody and that's one thing that I try to tell people everybody has a story it is up to you yeah. on how you want to tell that story and for me I had to 
work with another group because part of my story is extremely hard. But when you're talking about abuse, it is hard. I came from that growing up. Yeah. And then I, you know, found an awesome man that's still my husband now. We've been married for close to 30 years. Congratulations. He's actually one that keeps up with the anniversary. I'm, I'm going like, when's our anniversary? <laughs> How many years? <laughs> but we've been through some major, major things that normally would tear couples apart. You know, we found out out of our three boys, two of our boys were sexually abused by a neighbor, <sighs> neighborhood boy. That was 12 years old. Yeah. They were only eight. And we went through that. And then we went through, of okay, you know, took them to therapy, did all the things. Mm-hmm. And then we moved on with our lives. And we're like, okay, it's all good. Yeah. Well, then my youngest started doing the teenage rebellion things. I just yep. were teenage rebellion, you know, smoking pot, drinking, skipping school, the whole nine yards. Yeah. And then it's been about three or four years now. And he ended up doing some things that landed him in prison. Mm-hmm. And so everybody's going, like, you need to tell your story yeah. because it's such a powerful story because all of these things could have tore a normal family apart, yeah. but we're one of the few that is still together. And I think that's why yeah. I am starting this podcast channel because it's not only just about leadership, it's about your personal story that goes with it. Because I don't care who you are, you're never going to separate your personal and professional life ever. And if you try to, you're going to drive yourself batty. Well, and it's just bad leadership. You know, leaders have to be authentic. They have to be able to be vulnerable in front of other people yeah. and say, you know, here's what's really going on. Get that transparency in there, you know, and they have to be able to hold the outcome lightly and just, you know, do the hard work, do the uncomfortable work. But then at the same time, just recognize that what's going to happen is going to happen. And you don't actually control as much as you think you control. Yeah. So no. you just keep, you know, being yourself and providing value and, you know, the rest kind of follows. It's a weird thing, yeah. but you, you know, you have to take a leap of faith. You got to take so. that leap of faith and the universe will catch you, but you have to yeah. believe that it will. And I know that sounds so <laughs> like, you know, faith, trust, and picking us, but it's true. It's it is so, true. so true. When <laughs> I finally realized to let go and I, uh, I have a very good person that I'm close to and she actually do an intuitive reading for me. And mm-hmm. She was going like, I don't even know why you're talking to me. And I just started laughing. And she was going like, you already know where you're going. And I said, I do. <laughs> I was going like, I, I don't feel like it. But but the more that she talked to me, the more it was just like the weight came off because I was doubting myself so bad. Even already having the successes that I've had in my life, I was still doubting. And she's going to like, quit it. Your team has your back. Yeah. Your family yeah. has your back. Yeah. And that's the only reason why I'm doing this podcast right now is because my yeah. family has my back. And support. And that is yes. essential. You know, the thing is, people say that which does not kill us makes us stronger. Well, that's only true if you have the support to heal 
Yeah. Because otherwise, that which does not kill us just weakens us considerably. Yes. And makes it harder and harder for us to get back on that horse and try again. <laughs> you know? Yes, very much so. And I think when we tie it all back into brand and you tie it all back into being authentic to you. Mm-hmm. I actually had a, a business coach that basically told her own branding story. And this woman is absolutely smart. She went from being a teacher to being a millionaire, teaching other women how to not only brand themselves, but how to find what they're good at. Mm -hmm. And she was Mm -hmm. telling me her story of going like, you know, I was doing all the professional photo shoots, doing all the things. And she got to looking at them and she's like, this is not me. Mm -hmm. This is not who I am. And she said, okay, I'm going to redo this photo shoot. I'm going to redo my colors. And once she done that, things just took off because she married her authentic self Mm -hmm. to her professional entrepreneur business. And once she did that, it absolutely took off for her. And it was just amazing to see that. Yeah. So I want the audience to understand that when we're talking about this, we're not just talking to be talking. We're telling you that we take from experience. Yes. Take that leap of faith Mm -hmm. because don't waste any more time because I'm telling you, I'm 47. Mm -hmm. I tell you, I don't keep track of my age. 47. (laughs) So, there's people out there that are in their 60s and 70s and rocking mm-hmm. it. That's right. So age is but a number, people. Mm-hmm. It's never too late. but a number. Or too early, for that matter. It's yeah. never too late or too early. Yeah. To just start being you. <laughs> Talking about too early, I got a friend. She is actually, she's really great at what she does. She actually does essential oils. Her kids came up with an accessory to go with that guess how old her kids are Hmm. five (laughs) five and they done their first sale they already brought in a thousand dollars in less than a week yeah it's amazing what kids can do when you just (laughs) let them do it you know absolutely they already know without knowing it their brand and it's just amazing to see that and it's amazing to see their mom backing them up and letting Mm -hmm. them run it yeah. And she breaks it down into 10 to 10 to 20 minute increments, you know, that'll mm-hmm. hold their attention for their age. So parents out there, when you have these kids and if you're not going back to physical school, if you're doing virtual, that might be something that you want to think about because believe it or not, your kids are going to have some really awesome ideas. It's very true. Yeah. One of my favorite podcast episodes was with my daughter. Oh, how she cool is that? With, oh, she, it was so great. She, this was, she was, it was last year, but she came up with this just out of nowhere, this beautiful little adage that even rhymes. She said, tell the truth first before it gets worse. Oh, right? how cool is that? I was just like, yeah, 
right? Because, you know, you dig yourself deeper, you dig yourself deeper. <laughs> and we all do this, right? It's like we tell one little, you know, we, we tell one little untruth or we just aren't open about something, you know? And it's just you have to pile lie on top of lie on top of that. And and this is what we do with branding, too. It's like we think, oh, well, I want to appeal to this, you know, wider audience, okay? So I'm going to pretend to to be this when really I'm not so much that, but I'm going to pretend, you know, like the detail thing. Yeah. If I, if I go into a job interview, like nine times out of 10, they want someone with like a attention to detail. Right. And so it's very tempting for me to be like, oh yes, I have very good attention to detail. Well, guess what? No, you don't. And <laughs> they're going to figure that out one way or another. So if you're honest about that up front, you're going to save everybody a lot of time and energy. Right. Yes. And it's the same thing in your business. If you're go if you're going after the wrong crowd, it's going to frustrate both of you. It's going to frustrate them and it's going to frustrate you. Not everybody is going to like you. And that's a good thing. It's a good thing. You need to find the people who authentically like you for you and relate to you as you. Yes. And it's going to make it so much easier for everybody. And those people are going to really love you. Because they can relate to you and they go, yeah, uh, there's all these other people who, you know, claim to be like this, but you're really like this. You're really one of us. Yes, exactly. And that's what it's all about. So you mentioned your podcast. What is the name yeah. of your podcast? It's called That's Allowed and it's spelled A-L-O-U-D. So the reason I came up with that title is I first just started telling my own stories and it was kind of the stories that like, I felt like I probably shouldn't tell aloud. <laughs> so it was this kind of double voice in my head of like, that's allowed. We can hear you. Uh, but it was also <laughs> that other side of me that's like, you know what? That's allowed. I think it's time we talked about this. I think it's time we get it out there. You know, maybe other people can relate to yes. something like this and maybe they've had an experience where they need it contextualized of like yes this happens to people it's, it's normal <laughs> right like you're not a total freak <laughs> yeah so my first uh, podcast episode was actually called stuff i leave off my resume <laughs> oh i need to listen to that oh, right? it's, I mean, it's funny it's just like we all have these weird like a job's too odd to even mention you know, in polite company, but it's made us who we are and it's brought us to where we are, you know? And I think that's really important for us to share that stuff with each other and just be like, yeah, I did a weird thing like that once too. <laughs> the thing I leave off of my resume is yeah. I was a telemarketer for Filter Queen. Yeah. Oh boy. You will only hear that on this episode, people. <laughs> I'm not saying that again. <laughs> <laughs> It oh. was awful. It was it was bad. Oh yeah. I mean, I I once sold knives for uh, you know like one of those companies where it's like oh. you have to go into the supermarket, oh, yeah. you set up your little thing with the tomato, and, the, and you do this demonstration. And you have your little spiel. You know, it was like a, a live infomercial, and it was just humiliating beyond humiliating. Like honestly. <laughs> I was working in the store. Yes, I was working in the store when one of those things were going on, and I was going like, "That is so annoying." <laughs> right? It's so annoying. Yeah. Oh my land! But no, for the rest, uh, including uh, when I was a uh, very successful belly dancer, you will have to listen to the 
to the episodes. <laughs> that I am going to have to listen to now. So people, that's a hook. If you don't know it what will. a hook is, that's mm-hmm. your hook right that's there. <laughs> All right. Is there any more nuggets that you want to share before we sign oh off? I mean, honestly, I could talk about this stuff all day, right? But I'm going to give you one little, uh, one little tool that you can walk away with, okay? So let's say you're just sitting here going, I don't, I don't know who I am. Like, I don't even know where to start. One of the most important things you can start with is what are my core desired feelings? And there's a great book on this by Daniel LaPlante. But you can also just kind of sit down and ask yourself, like, what are the feelings that I want to feel more of in my life? And you can look up, you know, there's lots of lists of emotions (laughs) that you can find out there. Um, But what I find is that it's probably going to be some pretty high level stuff like joy and bliss and power, you know, and things like that. But if you can narrow it down to, I'd say like between three and five of these just core desired feelings, which is like, this is what I want to create more of in my life. That is a great basis for figuring out what you value, what's important to you and figuring out what in your life brings you those things and what does not. And so maybe the goals that you set for yourself that you think are important to you actually aren't. You might find that it's like, oh, I decided uh, by the end of the year, I want to buy myself a car. But what does a car really get me? Maybe a feeling of freedom, you know, and if freedom is in my top five values, then yeah, maybe that's a really important goal for me. But if it's not, then it's like, hmm, well, maybe I should be spending my time and energy creating more joy instead of, you know, socking away all this money (laughs) to buy this car. So it's really just looking at your life through that lens of what actually brings me the feelings that I want more of. And that's what you should structure your life around. Yeah. So there you go. That is a really good nugget. I love that. So ladies and gentlemen, we are going to end this session and I love having you on. I think I want to have you on again because this was just awesome. And when you talk about the emotions, yes, is very, I love it when we can get that message out there, but have fun doing it too while we're at it. So everyone, like I like to sign off and I know I've been changing it up a little bit here lately, but you are unstoppable. I don't care what anybody tells you and you are the beacon of hope, believe it or not. Everyone have a good evening and we will see you tomorrow. Bye. Thank you.